We're in a series called The Kingdom, and I want to teach a really important, on a really important topic this morning. It's going to touch all, all of our lives. We can all relate to it. I want to teach on how to maintain mental health. I was hiking with one of my daughters on Friday, and we were talking about how people's minds are caving in on them. And uh, how through this year of isolation and uh, political, the political environment and COVID and all the things that we've been battling and facing are creating, just wreaking havoc on people's minds. And uh, so I want to teach them how to maintain mental health. Uh, this is a topic that I could spend, you know, all day on and then a few more days. I got to do this in about 20 minutes. And then we're going to break into uh, discussion groups with uh, some good questions that will help facilitate that. Um, one of the main reasons we're doing that, modifying our, our format, is because the number one need right now is community. Uh, and so we're shortening our messages, and then we're connecting with one another. We've got such positive feedback from everybody that's been partic participating in this and how helpful it has been uh, to do that. So uh, I want to teach on maintaining mental health. A peaceful mind is one of the things we have inherited as sons and daughters in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Peace, peace of mind, is part of your inheritance as a believer. The book of 2 Timothy 1.7 says this. Paul writing to Timothy, he was a young man, pastoring a, a mega church, and he was... He dealt with timidity and fear and anxiety. There was strife in his church. And Paul wrote to him and said, Look, first of all, the faith that I saw in your grandma and in you is passed down to you. So there's a spiritual inheritance right there. He said, You've got a gift of faith and you stir that up. And then he says this, For God has not given to you, and I want to say this to you directly today, God has not given to you a spirit of fear. But a spirit, capital S, of power, love, and a sound mind. That word sound mind are two Greek words put together that means safe thinking. It's to be safe and sound. It's kind of like, you know, when I uh, had all my, my kids were all just little tykes and they were making all sorts of racket in the house and running up down the hallway and I had my office and my home and... I needed it to be quiet, man. I needed the noise to stay outside of my office. So I went to Home Depot and got a door they called safe and sound. It was a thick door that blocked sound. And I put that puppy up like lickety split. And you shut that door and it's like, ah. <laughs> you got to keep the noise out to have a mind where you have safe thinking. Your mind family of God, was given to you by God. Your mind is part of His nature. You were made in His image. God has a mind. The Bible says to love Him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So your mind is a gift from God to you, and it has been given to you to work with you, not against you. And yet, how many of you would say your mind can be your worst enemy? Just go ahead and raise your hand. Be honest about that. Yeah. Some people are raising two hands and a foot. I'm, 
What a painful experience that is for us when our minds, which are with us all the time, are working against us and not for us. God gave you my me our minds to serve us, to be a tool for us, to be able to think clearly, to be able to think about God clearly, think about ourselves clearly, think about one another clearly, think about our purpose in life clearly, think about heaven and hell clearly, think about money clearly, thinking about destiny clearly. Our minds are, your imagination is given to you for creativity and innovation and possibilities, not for dread and horror and nightmares and the worst case scenario and our, our imaginations get out uh, beyond us. Our minds are given to us by God to work for us, not against us. But Satan... Knowing the power of your mind will use your mind against you. He will do everything he can knowing the power of your mind, that your mind can literally sink you or elevate you. He will use your mind against you to get you a skewed view of God, a skewed view of yourself, a skewed view of others, a skewed view of life itself. The Bible calls these strongholds. What do you think? What do you think controls your mind? What causes your mind to work for you or against you? This is an open question. Your belief system? Your values, fear? What you put into it? Your heart, your will? What's that? prayer, all of those are, are sources of what truly determines whether or not your mind is going to work for you, which is what it was designed to do, or against you. It all boils down to one thing. Thoughts. In fact, your emotions will follow your thoughts. The way you think about an individual will conjure up emotions, either positive or negative. Your thoughts about school. I hate school. Well, what kid doesn't? But if you allow your thoughts about school to remain negative, your emotions will be negative, and your emotions, rather than being a buoy to lift you up, will be a boulder that pulls you under. I hate that teacher. And so you think about that teacher, or about that coach, or about that boss, or about that employee, or about that circumstance, or about that race group. Or about those who have money, those who don't have money. Those who have education, those who don't have education. What they did not do for me when I was a child, what they did to me while I was a child. All these thoughts, the way you perceive things, create emotions in you. And it creates mental and emotional health or unhealth. And those thoughts producing emotions literally pull you down under the water to where you're drowning. Or your thoughts can produce positive emotions and lift you up like a buoy, up and over. And here's the great thing. You have control over it. God has given you his, your mind to serve you. And once you become a believer, the Bible says you and I have the mind of Christ. But it all comes down to thought. That's why in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it says this. Cast down every thought that is contrary to God's thoughts about you. 
Well, that means you need to know what God's thoughts are about you. And if the enemy has told you lies about God and about yourself, then you are believing thoughts that are not from God, but from the enemy. And those thoughts are creating negative emotions that are sucking you under. The Bible calls these thoughts that build themselves up and create this bondage in your mind. The Bible calls them a stronghold. That's a terminology you see in the Old Testament over and over, and it's a castle. It's a fortress up on a high hill that's impenetrable. And it's got these stone walls, right? That's called a stronghold. Well, the enemy will put thoughts into your mind. They could come from your own sin, and you feel shame. You can feel shame simply by being a human being because you're imperfect, and you fail. And that perfectionism is a lie from the pit of hell. Only Jesus is perfect. He's the only one that ever was, ever will be. But when you uh, have this self-worth and self-esteem issue, which we all do, then we're susceptible to the voices of criticism and shame. And those create uh, self-hatred emotions, which create those emotions begin to pull you down and pull you away from God and from others. It all began with a thought. It's called a stronghold. You have to ask yourself, what is God thinking about me? And so Satan builds up these strongholds in relationships, the way you view somebody else and the way they treated you or didn't treat you. And you begin to have this stronghold in your mind about that person. It can be unforgiveness. It can be bitterness. And you start to distance. It's called a stronghold. So how do you pull down strongholds? 2 Corinthians 10 says it. You take every thought, every one of those brick, every one of those blocks building up that stronghold, that wall, that castle, you have to recognize that thought is not a God thought. And you pull that block out and you throw it down. It says, casting down every thought that is contrary to God's thoughts. Isn't that interesting? Most spiritual warfare is not done up into the unseen realm. Most spiritual warfare is one right here between your ears. The Bible has so much to say about your thoughts and your mind. In this past year, uh, your mind, which, you know, my, my daughter Isabella, she told me you better not steal this, but I also heard in a pre-service prayer, Pastor Josh was actually saying exactly what she said to me as we were hiking on Friday up in Cuyamaca. She said, I wrote a blog called Your Mind is a Garden. And she said, you're not allowed to tidy your sermon that because we were talking about this. And she said, I battled this last year with negative thoughts and they were just tormenting me anybody ever battled with negative thoughts that tormented you in your mind okay the other half of you are liars <laughs> lying in church wow how dare you let's try it again how many of you ever have been tormented in your mind by negative thoughts okay there's a few more demons just came out that gave you freedom to raise your hand and be honest yeah all of us do you know one of Satan's names? Do you know how you nickname people? Do you know one of his names? Jesus named him the accuser of God's people. In other words, that negative voice in your head is not God. When I learned that, I'm telling you, that was one of the major milestones of freedom in my life. I was tormented in my mind. I had the fear of man. I cared so much about other people's opinions, it crippled me. 
And one day I was uh, putting some dishes away in my one-bedroom apartment when I was 20-something. And, and every time I'd put a dish away, you know, this thought in my mind, that's a dumb place to put that dish. I put the plate, that's a dumb cupboard to choose for that. I put the spices away. That, nobody would put spices away there. I didn't even realize that I was being tormented in my mind by what I call the committee. It's a committee that lives in your head, not audible voices, mind you, just critical thoughts. And it takes so much, it creates so much anxiety in you because you feel you're second guessing yourself all the time. And, uh, and out of the blue, I didn't even know this was going on. I mean, you're just not aware of it many, many times. You're just in bondage. And the Lord spoke to me out of the blue and said, John, would a friend criticize everything you do? I was like, I wonder why he's asking me that. And I said, no. And he said, I'm the best friend you have. That was the moment I realized that that critical voice in my head was not God. I didn't even know. I thought it was God. In that moment, all this revelation came. It was actually the voice of my father, my dad, who was incredibly critical. And uh, so I had to start changing the way I thought. What's the solution to this? Look, this is created by like what I just said. Um, the, the way you were treated as you were raised, the words that were said to you by your brothers, your sisters, your mother, your father, teachers, coaches, pastors, people in authority especially, the way they speak to you, how they speak to you, how they look at you, they dishonor you or they honor you. I mean, all of the power of words, life and death is in the power of the tongue because it puts thoughts in people's minds. The shattered dreams people have experienced this year, like colleges and going to college and just having that blow up and businesses going under and uh, sports people having scholarships and going to college and not being able to or going to the NFL, the NBA and and not being able to do what they were called to do. Weddings that have been re, re uh, well canceled or completely reconfigured. People dying and family members can't be there with them. Strife in churches, strife in families, broken relationships, personal shame. All these things this past year have been creating anxiety and negative thinking, pulling people's emotions down. So what is the solution to all of this nightmare? God's voice to you. God's voice cuts through all the clatter and all the clutter. God's voice. Jesus said this, my words are spirit and they are life. You know, someone would think that the reason that I'm in the Bible day and night all the time, memorizing scripture, meditating scripture, scripture that I could quote to you right now, but I look at it. I want my eyes to see it. Why? The another another word for it. Look at this. This is awesome. Another word for sound mind that we read, God has not given you a spirit of, of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. That word sound mind means disciplined thought patterns. Now track with me. Every one of you have grooves, physical grooves in your brain that are thought patterns that are like a rut. The way you think about yourself, the way you think about God, the way you think about your family members. The way you think about Christians, pastors, unbelievers, rich, poor, other races. There are thought patterns. There are grooves in your brain, physically proven by science. 
And when you take God's thoughts, you got a whole book of God's thoughts right here. When you purposely, proactively take God's thoughts and you begin to meditate on them, that means to mutter under your breath. That's where you memorize the scripture and then you say it to yourself over and over and over and over. Look, you say, well, that I don't want to do that. Well, you're doing it right now. You're doing it with the music that you listen to. You're memorizing music and lyrics, and they are creating grooves and thought patterns and philosophies in your mind that are creating the way you think about life. Music, that's why music is so powerful. That's why I saturate myself in worship music. I listen to Led Zeppelin, too, and I listen to Pink Floyd, and I listen to The Please. I love all that. When I work out, we put on some Michael Jackson. I'm, I, I get it. But if that's the only music you're listening to and you're not listening to worship music, your brain is being trained to think like the world. Period. There's no way to escape it. What you let in is who you become. It's the way you think. The same with who you listen to, your friends, another source. You know, what your friends' philosophy in life. Well, this is what I think is acceptable. This is what I think is appropriate. Well, I think this is what's right. This is what I think is wrong. And it's philosophy. Those are thoughts. Like relativism, well, all, 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 all truth is relative. Your truth is your truth, my truth is my truth. That's crap. Excuse me, kids. Sorry, parents. That is junk. Because God's truth, this book, God's voice is truth. You were created out of the voice of God. You and I live because of the voice of God. And so when we don't have that safe and sound door in our mind, closing out thoughts that are contrary to God's thoughts, we are creating thought patterns in our minds that do not agree with God's thoughts. And they will create, they will literally cause you to go off course. Now, the ones that really matter are the ones of how much God loves you. How God forgives you. How God has a destiny for you. How you were created in God's image and you are beautiful. How you can hear God's voice. How he is your partner in life. When he told me, I am your best friend, that changed my life forever. Then he taught me how to be my own best friend. So that when people criticize me, it doesn't hurt me nearly as much as it used to because it's like, well, God likes me, so why do I really care what you think? But look, I had to retrain my mind to think the way God thinks about me. That took time. It took an effort. It was like going to the mental gym. But that's what this is for. That's what the Word of God is for. You can hear God's voice through His, through thoughts in your mind that He places in your mind, through the Word of God, through Scripture, through other people, through dreams. Oh man, this is a great, this is a great story. Let me tell you the story, and uh, you're gonna like this one, man. I'm gonna make sure I get it right. I called my friend yesterday. Uh, I've been counseling her and, and her uh, husband, a young family. Oh. She was just so poorly parented by her mom that she was just... Well, you know, the word she would use is shattered on the inside. Her self-esteem was just non-existent. And it was creating real issues in her 
marriage and in her life and all of her relationships because her self-image thoughts about yourself condemning thoughts about yourself those aren't coming from god by the way those are from the enemy those are voices of shame that are trying to cripple you and pull you under jesus is not talking to you like that i promise you that you've got to come to a place in your life where you determine like i did at one point i am not i am not um obligated to listen to any voice other than Jesus's. He created me. He called me. I'm his. His voice is the one that matters in my life. And so I listen for his voice in other people's voices. I listen for his voice in circumstances. I watch for his voice in my life, especially when I'm struggling. It's like, God, what do you have to say about this? Your thoughts are going to be what sets me free. And so I was talking to uh, them about this. And it was about a month ago, I was preaching a sermon on... Uh, hopelessness and at the end of it i said why don't you ask what we're going to do in just a minute where we do an impartation piece a participation piece i said at the end i said why don't you ask god this question what is it that he wants you to be believing him for something that you've lost hope in well for her she had lost hope that she was ever going to be mentally emotionally healthy again that she was ever going to be able to have successful relationships because she was so shattered so she and her husband held hands and prayed and as she was praying she had a vision of Jesus. He was holding his hand down. She goes, I knew it was his hand because I saw the holes. And she said, I took his hand and he led me over to a wishing well. And he said, look down into the wishing well. And she looked down into the wishing well. And he says, what do you see? And she says, brokenness, complete brokenness. And he spoke back to her and said, that's not you. You know who you are. Then he says, look again. And she looked again. And then he said this to her. Tell your heart to beat again. And then the, and then the vision left. She was still holding her husband's hands and she was shocked. She was overwhelmed. It was a vision. It was the voice of God. That's one of the ways God's voice will come to you is through visions like the dream, like Stephanie talked about. That was the voice of God or thoughts or scripture or whatever. And so then she goes, she had to do a, uh, she had to go to work. So she's put on her makeup and she put on Spotify. It was, she put it on random and the song came on, came on by Danny Goki called tell your heart to beat again. And then the next day we were having a zoom counseling appointment. And she told me the story, and I said, you've got to be kidding me. On my desk, sitting right in front of me, was a book titled, Tell Your Heart to Beat Again. <laughs> you see, those thoughts she had been believing about herself, that she was trash. She was worthless. She could do nothing right. She would never be whole again. She would believe in those thoughts and they had become a stronghold in her mind. It was destroying her life, her mental health and her emotional life. You say, well, I wish God would speak to me like that. Well, he will. But look what she had to do. She had to participate. She purposely reached out for counseling, godly counsel. She watched the church service. She participated at the end when I said, hey, let's participate. And rather than just waiting for it to be over, she actually participated and Jesus responded to her.
I cannot stress enough as I close this morning, we're going to go into a response time. I cannot stress enough. As I said, this is a all day, six month topic I could teach on and how much the Bible has it says about the thought life. But my time is up. I cannot stress enough to you, brothers and sisters. Please, please, teenagers, children, moms, dads, grandmas, grandpas, aunts, uncles, cousins, please get the book off the shelf. Open up your Bible app. Start to read his thoughts about you. You have no defense if you don't. The only source of thoughts you have are your own. And you know how horrible those are already about yourself. Satan, the accuser of the brethren, you've got his thoughts. Secular teachers and philosophers that, that filter the way into you through music and through teachers and through godless friends, friends that don't, aren't connected to God. They're not tapping into God's thoughts. Think about the Garden of Eden. What's the first thing Satan did with Eve? Do you remember? The first thing Satan did to destroy Adam and Eve's relationship with God, Adam and Eve's relationship with each other. He came up to Eve and said, Did God say? And then he twisted God's words so that she would have a thought Oh, living independently from God is better than living dependent on God. The thought entered her mind and it created an action that we've all been suffering for from ever since. It all began with a thought. You have got to get God's thoughts in your mind. It will free you up. So here are my questions for you today. What steps, these are the questions we're going to do in our small groups right now. But I'm going to give them to you now so you can think about them, you online so that you can do this with us. And I'm telling you, this is where you're going to encounter God, is you'll take the next few minutes and do this. Here, here are the questions around this topic. Number one, what steps can you take to expose yourself to more of God's voice in your life? What steps can you take to expose yourself to more of God's voice in your life? Secondly, are you afraid of God's voice? If so, why? Thirdly, what do you think you're believing about yourself right now that may be different than what God is thinking about you? What are you thinking about yourself right now that may be different than what God is thinking about you? And at the end of that, we're going to do what we call um, a freedom exercise. And that is, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit, and you can do this online, ask the Holy Spirit, what lie am I believing right now? I'm telling you, if you'll get quiet and just let the Lord speak to your mind, so often a lie will come to the surface that you weren't even, didn't even know has been uh, motivating you, pushing you, crippling you shaping you and once that lie comes to the surface then you say holy spirit what's the truth and the spirit of truth himself will respond to you and give you truth about that situation and i'm telling you every time it will bring freedom that's why we call it a freedom exercise
how to maintain mental health, the voice of God in your life. Let me pray for you, then we're going to break into small groups and go through these questions together. Father, right now, first of all, just like we were talking about earlier in the power of declaration, I declare in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the dismantling of strongholds, godless, shaming, self-criticizing thoughts that are crippling people's minds, created depression, anxiety, fear. We take authority over those now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We command lies to shut up and for truth to prevail. Lord, we pray right now for a release of the spirit of truth and life into those listening online, watching online, and those right here in this park. Lord, I pray now a release of the spirit of truth. Reveal lies, God, and pull them down today so your people can be free in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right, so let's, uh, I've got the questions here for facilitation. So I'm going to ask... Um,